Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. First off, I want to apologize for my voice quality. i uh, got a little bit of a weather change here in Texas, and so my voice isn't holding out the best. Uh, but we'll do our best to struggle on today. Uh, but we're in part number five of our Dealing with Mormonism uh, series. And today, uh, we're going to do um, uh, a lesson on what they believe about the Trinity. You know, remember Mormons consider themselves to be Christians, and uh, unfortunately, many of their doctrines are anything but uh, based in in the Word of God or based in traditional Christianity. Now, we looked at last week about of their view of God as a created being, uh, but we're going to look at how that influences their view of the Trinity. Uh, of course, the biblical view of the Trinity is that God is one is um, one being, but three individual persons. Uh, it is supernatural. It is not logically explained, but you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, Mormons believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are three separate gods. Uh, not only that, but three separate created gods and they have different roles in this universe. So in Mormon theology, just as Jesus has a father, so the father allegedly has a father, and the father of Jesus' father has a father, and so on. And so there's an endless succession of fathers, and it goes on and on, up to the hierarchy of exalted beings in the universe. And, uh, I mean, this is just what they believe, one of their... Uh, Mormon apostles in 1853, Orson Pratt, this is how he explained uh, how we got the origin of, uh, of humanity and the origin of God. Each God, through his wife or wives, by the way, this is how they justify polygamy, raises up a numerous family of sons and daughters. As soon as each God has begotten many millions of male and female spirits, he, in connection with his sons, organizes a new world after a similar order to the one which we now inhabit, where he sends both male and female spirits to inhabit tabernacles of flesh and bones. The inhabitants of each world are required to reverence, adore, and worship their own personal father who dwells in the heaven which they formerly inhabited. So all of this is part and parcel of the polytheistic world of Mormonism. Mormons believe in numerous gods, even though they believe the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are the principal gods, they believe that there are innumerable gods besides this. And they believe that they too will one day become gods. We looked at this last week, this is the lie of the devil in the garden that you'll be as gods. Uh, but God says this about himself in Isaiah 44, 8. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Uh, in Isaiah 44, God is describing himself. There's no other God but God. That's why we say that he is the one true God. Uh, so this right here 
the uh, the Mormon view of the Trinity involves uh, not three persons in one God, but three separate gods. And there are thousands of gods besides these. Just as Jesus has a father, so the father has a father, and the father of the father has a father, and so on. And each god, father god has a heavenly wife, and together they begat many millions of male and female spirits who can eventually become gods. Crazy. Nowhere in the Bible can you get that. Now, you can get a lot of those type of teachings from paganism, from Hinduism, from uh, these different pagan ideas. Uh, but there's only one God. Uh, more specifically, the Bible refutes the polytheistic belief in many gods in that uh, within the unity of the one true God, there are three co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Mormons misinterpret certain Bible verses in support of the idea that there are three persons of the Trinity uh, as one God. Now, this is the, to... Um, in contrast, so we believe in the Trinity. Now there are Unitarians that believe that there is only God the Father, that there is no uh, Spirit or the Son, that all three are the same uh, individual. Uh, so it, it it can get confusing as we look and try to logically explain things. But with Mormonism, it is just a complete fairy tale. Complete, complete fairy tale. And they don't usually get into these particular beliefs with people because they are so outlandish and strange. Uh, and there are some Mormons that don't believe this. Uh, there are some Mormons that are uninformed in regards to this. But when you show them that their own leaders teach these things and that their own book supposedly promotes these things and this is their doctrinal position and how the Bible says the opposite, these are great talking points and abilities for us to get into good conversations and bring them back to the Bible. That's what we always need to do with Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, or whatever. Always bring people back to the Bible and let them make a choice of whether they're going to interpret the Bible for what it says or are they going to enforce their own private interpretation on the Bible. Now, of course, knowing First Peter that the Bible is of no private interpretation. It's not, I don't have a private corner on truth. Nobody does. God's word is equally revealed to everyone on planet earth, and we need to understand that. Romans 1 makes that very, very clear. So thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to subscribe, rss.com, sermonaudio.com, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. And we'll continue with these thoughts next week in part number six of Dealing with Mormonism. I will see you next time.